Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. Um, I'm going to apologize for our tone now because we're both very tired and <laughs> we're just going to power through here today. Uh, but today... Oh, go ahead. You do have like an, a very interesting story though. Like a, how about how this We do have a story. Of why but this today we're talking about burns and you'll see why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's go ahead and get into it. Let's go. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All right, time for a little bit of story time. Mm -hmm. So during our little vacation we had recently, we... Not me. I didn't get to go. Ken Ken didn't invite me, guys. Laura wasn't invited on this one. (laughs) But we had (laughs) a little bit of an incident where... We ordered some tea. The tea was scolding hot. The You had to take off the lid to put the tea bag in. And in that moment, a luggage fell, because we were at the airport, and shook the hand, and the water splashed onto the hand, and now immediate second-degree burns. Mm-hmm. So Blisters that is quite the abbreviated version of the story. But... I wanted to bring it up mainly because even though I'm in this field, I still felt rather not equipped to handle the situation because I feel like it's definitely one of those, if you don't use it, you lose it type of deals. Mm-hmm. Burns are very specific in the way you're supposed to treat them. Laura has, I don't know if you listened to Laura's episode we did quite a long time ago, uh, regarding her experience with burns, but if you're interested in that episode, we're going to have to figure out what the title of that one was and place it in the description. Something about burns. <laughs> I don't think it was very, like, it literally wasn't original. <laughs> but, yeah, I got a, I got a little bit of history, personal family history with a severe burn. So if you guys want to hear a little bit more about that, we'll definitely link that below. But just give kind of give an abbreviation, pretty much my mom, um, had a third degree burn, which required a graft and hospital stay. So um, I learned a little bit and a lot, but very little of a lot, if that makes sense. <laughs> I actually like that saying. I know very little of a lot. So we're going to do a little <laughs> bit of a, a quiz type of episode today regarding burns to kind of, you know, refresh some of those memories. I'm going to be quizzing Laura as far as how this is going to go. Her facial expression tells it all. She wasn't ready for this. Well, he, and then he mentioned Laura's, quiz slightly, but he did not mention there was that much quizzing. And then Laura's going to give us some some tips as far as personal care for burns and if she has any advice as far as different kind of gauzes and pads and the works because all of that I had to kind of figure out as we went on because that's like Google which pads were good, which ones were bad. Depends mm-hmm. on the degree of the burn. Should be depending on which one you use, but there's a whole process. Are you ready for your quiz, Laura? I, I, I guess so. I, All right, you got this. this. You made this sound much shorter when we first talked about it. Can you tell me what a first-degree burn is? It's pretty much the first layer of the skin, and you're not really getting down to the nerve endings. or nerve, Yeah, the nerves... Um, Gosh, I wasn't I would, expecting I would, 
I, I, I would like, have I'm already accepted more. your answer right there. Okay, I was like, so first degree um, is just the not really hitting anything important. Yeah, I'm like, it's not hitting anything most precious. The only thing is, is you're gonna get inflammation from it. So I have uh, texture is gonna be redness, some irritation, no blistering. Yeah. Uh, the sensation is gonna be moderate with some a little bit of pain with the approximate time to heal of five to ten days. Yep. All right, Laura. I get those daily. <laughs> True. Being a Laura ginger, I get sensitive. those quite often, guys. I got those she can be indoors and still get burnt. This is hey, I've actually gotten burnt through my car window. Thank That's what I'm much. saying. You can be on indoors and still I know, it's get so burnt. sad. All right, Laura, question number two. Can you tell me what a second degree burn is? So second degree burn is you're going to be going deeper into, of course, the skin layers. You're going to be hitting more um, vessels at that point. Um, you can damage the nerves. However, you have not des destroyed the nerves. That is a big, big key factor in um, the difference between burns. And usually it comes with a lot of blistering, swelling, inflammation, all that jazz. Perfect. So also known as a partial thickness burn. So mm -hmm. damaging to some of the underlying skin and flesh layers. Textures can be red with some clear blisters, some blanching. Very painful as mm -hmm. far as our second degree burns, mainly because, as Laura mentioned, it still has the nerve endings. Yeah. And they're, because they're the nerve endings are still damaged. intact, they get hurt, and it's the most painful of the burns. I've also had uh, that. Approximate time to heal is two to three weeks, so By our December. process <laughs> of where we are now as far as our incidents, we are currently in week two, and we still have... Um, some blistering going on. We still have some some skin of the, like the top layer of the skin is still trying to peel off. Yeah. We kind of leave it alone for now. But we definitely hit second degree burns as soon as the incident happened. Yeah. All right, Laura, question number three. Are you ready? I don't think you're going to guess what the question number three is. What's the, what's the number fifth degree burn? I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I wasn't preparing. All right. Tell me what third degree burn is, Laura. All right. Third degree burn is you've killed off everything. <laughs> it's the best. You've gone all the way through the layers of the skin and you've destroyed everything. Um, nothing's coming back. And this is where third degree burns are very dangerous because they get necrotic. And that can cause gangrene, infections, all sorts of different things. That's also why second degree burns, by the way, because of the blistering in the skin coming off. Um, on a little tangent here, guys, you guys got to remember that infections are very high with burns. And the reason being is your body keeps out viruses and bacteria and any, anything bad for your body by that skin. That skin is that defense mechanism. When you burn that off and you don't got that skin anymore, you've lost some of your defense mechanism. And so when you take a third one that's completely lost in a certain area, that's nothing but literally opening the floodgates to any type of bacteria. Um, so that's why third degree burns, it's very important. The big thing about third degree, the third degree burns is when they present, they present um, black, purplish. Um, they don't have usually, like there's redness around it usually, but the actual spot itself will be black and purple. Kind of blackish purple, I guess you could say. So. Well, you I guess you kind of covered all of that one. The only thing you were missing was that <laughs> it just takes a couple months to heal, but the rest well, you got. 
normally with a couple months of heal is you also are going in and you're getting a skin graft done. Yeah, so because... this one requires hospitalization mm -hmm. and depending on obviously how much of the body was affected will depend on your length of stay and um, yeah. kind of from Laura's experience, the skin grafting, the time to heal. Again, if we are able to find that episode, we'll link it down below. So I have one more quiz for Laura. Are you ready? No, but yeah, sure. <laughs> so I'm going to give her the burn location. 52? Oh, that's not She's going to give me the number. I'm just kidding. She's <laughs> going to give me the motion that you're supposed to splint or the motion to stress. Yeah. Are you focused? We're I'm both focused. we're both I'm, so tired. I'm thinking. No, I'm thinking right now. This is my thinking brain. I've, I've turned it I on. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven locations. Holy crap! Okay, let's not prepare for that. And they don't really specify on some of them, so do your best. The I'm best gonna use thing. my clinical judgment. Use your clinical judgment. Um, anybody who's listening, feel free to join along, and if you're able to get it, Laura, give. Give people like a second or two to answer while you think. Okay. And then answer. You ready? Got it. The burn location is the anterior neck. And so we're just talking about what position you want to avoid and which positions you want to emphasize, correct? Yeah, you can do it that way because it gives okay. me burn location, deformity, and motion to stress. Okay. Right. Because so the big you, thing is, the, in all other words, these the burns, problem area and the area you should emphasize. Yeah. Then the the reason that they just again, while you guys think about this, the reason that this is a big deal of air, wanting to avoid certain move motions or range of motions and emphasize other is with burns in um, the skin, you can create contractures as it heals. So you want to avoid that as much as possible. So with it being in the front of the neck, the interior of the neck, you are going to actually emphasize an extension and um, try to limit the flexion of the neck. Um, you're going to be doing this by when they're sitting up, not putting a pillow behind their head. Um, same thing with when they're laying down. You can put a rolled up towel like under their neck to support the natural curvature, but you don't want to pop it up into actual flexion. So if anything, you want neutral to extension and avoid the limitation of flexion. Perfect. That was pretty All good. Right. Good job, Thanks. Laura. Pat Thank on you. the back. Thank you. I'll take the it. next one is going to be the shoulder and the axillary region. It just says shoulder, axilla. Any... In that region to avoid? I'm struggling Ooh. on this one right now. Would you like the answer? Well, I think... Because if I give you one or the other, then you're going to well, naturally I think it's flexion, follow in the path you want Flexion wanna... and um, uh, adduction. Is the deformity or the motion to stress? The deformity. So you have one of those two correct. Okay, because I wasn't. Uh, is one of them rotation? 
It is a rotation. <laughs> I was like, that was my next guess. I was like, gosh damn it, it's going to be the rotation. Yeah, one right and the other one is a... Which one was right? Abduction? So, adduction, yes. Adduction, yeah. Ab or ad? Ad, A-D-D. Ad is the one you want to stress or avoid. That's the deformity. Okay, that's... I know. Yeah, so we're going deformity. So the burn is the shoulder and the axilla region, so the armpit. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're going to be stuck oh, why into... Was I thinking, you know, why was I thinking that axillary region was on the top? I That's confused my whole entire self. Yeah, I, I agree. It Again, uh, guys, it's a little late. It's my band. It's late. <laughs> so the deformity is adduction and internal rotation. So naturally you want yeah. to go the other way for other the motion way, to stress. AB and ER. And then they threw in flexion as well. Yeah. Just because right. that's going to stick you to neutral pretty easily. So you just want to get moving, I think. So the next one is going to be the elbow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's all I can give you. Elbow. Oh. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm like, it depends on where it is in the elbow, though. I'm going to give you anterior the anterior portion of the elbow. Okay, so if it's anterior, you want to emphasize extension and you want to avoid flexion. Again, because of that kind. Con- uh, contractures that can build right, up as bonus the skin points. grows back together. There's the rotational components as well. Mm, I think you'd want to work on pronation. No, I already got that when you said the rotational supination and pronation would be the my guess. But if you're, it's the anterior, you're naturally, no, actually, I lied. Other way, supination. It'd be supination you want to emphasize, and pronation is something that you would want to decrease. Perfect. I I had to start moving my arm around real quick. You had a little bit of that critical thinking in there. I I had an extension without even thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got a couple more. We're going to go into the hand. (laughs) Anterior portion of the hand. So the incident we had was on the... Well, yeah, the one I'm talking about right now is yeah. the palm, but the experience we just had two weeks was ago on. was on the dorsal, or the backhand, mm-hmm. backside of the hand. Cha. That sucks. That, that goes her backhand. <laughs> At least for a couple of weeks. Two to I three know, weeks. You're safe, safe for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I have been safe for quite some time when she approaches me for the hit. She has to use her other hand. So you I've, got time to run. <laughs> yeah. I can break this. <laughs> All right, so the hand. All right. The palm side of the hand. So what would you emphasize? Gonna, you want to probably work a little bit even on, even though it's the hand, you probably want to add in a little bit of wrist um, extension. And then you want to do extension, open palm, um, kind of situation is the best way I guess describe it without going to every single nitty gritty and then adduction abduction of the fingers yeah I mean I'll definitely give it to you very first one listed is wrist extension then you have your pips and your dips extension yeah and they only uh, specified thumb abduction I would think all of them you just kind of want to get moving the Again. only one that has this listed is MCP flexion. 
I, I guess it just depends on where it is. Yeah, so that one kind of, I feel like you would want to I think do it, it all, all in extension. On, but. I'm thinking, uh, to me, I was thinking about the whole thing, so that's maybe why. I don't know. Yeah, because the deformity they have is claw hand. Oh, okay. So I would feel like you would still need extension, but just a little side note. All right, well, last. Claw hand, you get this, actually. It's more like this. It, so you they are want a you bit... to do this and do that. Yeah. As you guys can't see us, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, we're over here doing, like, hand signals. <laughs> yeah, so with claw hand, there is usually a component that you are a little excessively in extension um, with those joints, so just one part, but... Yeah, so the big thing is contractures are something that's not fun. Um, while kind of doing research on today's episode... Um, and I kind of knew this, and again, it's one of those things where if you don't really use it, um, a refresher is always kind of good at it. And um, they were talking about definitely those for who have, you're going to see this issue. Of course, we're going to see more patients who have third degree burns than probably second or first. Second and first, you can treat at home usually. You don't really need interventions and unless there is a complication that usually arises from them. Usually. Now, third degree burns, almost every single time they're going to have some sort of PT component of it, unless it's like super small and they deem that's not. But in most cases, they are because you just do get weak. Um, you know, things have to move again. A lot of times patients have are in a lot of pain, so they don't move it. And then when they do have to move it, things can irritate. You can have sen- they can be hypersensitive in certain areas. Um, my mom always described it, her um leg where the donor site actually went so she had her donor donor site on her thigh and then her graft site was on her leg and she said it always felt like alien skin didn't even feel like her own even though it was it didn't feel like her own so you've got a lot of like psychological issues that also can arise with it but the big thing is when you're doing all of their treatments Sometimes because they're a donor site or a graft site, they will be wrapped up very, very thick. Um, They like to keep it moist. They like to keep it covered. You sometimes don't want to move the actual site um, that was grafted too often because of the fact that the way that they have the staples in there. But they also don't want the contractures either. So you, you have to find this nice little line of balance. So... When they've got it so bandaged up and they don't want you moving it a lot, you know, you might have to work with the team. And with Burns is a very big team-oriented um, approach. You might have to come with work with the team while the patient's out of their bandage to just do some passive range of motion. So, A, again, we have to also think about the joints around it. We have to think about the other muscles and the, the other tissues, um, making sure those aren't getting stiff and or, you know, if you have a shoulder one. Think how easily you could get a frozen shoulder because they're probably just not moving it at all because it just hurts. So there's all there's definitely things we have to think about, but there there's a nice little balance we have to find. And so one of the big things that I read about was, you know, trying to time it where you can do passive range of motion um, lightly within whatever limitations they have, but while their bandages are off or while they're getting changed. And so it really talked about this team approach and how everybody's really got to work together on it. No, I definitely agree. I think if 
anybody knows, anybody who works at a burn clinic, uh, please let us know because we would love to be able to chat with them a little bit. I did have the curiosity to go to a burn clinic just to kind of observe for a little bit. One thing I've always told is the smells in there are quite potent. Yeah. And not many people can handle it. And I think it's also just, it can be very painful. And it's, we're doing it for the, like with our best intentions for the patient, making sure they heal properly and don't have these deformities and trying to avoid the contractures and everything. But it's a very tough field to be in. Because it of is. how difficult it can be to work with these patients. Because these patients don't want to move. Bandage changes hurt. Movement hurts. And unfortunately, they have to be splinted in a certain way. Or they have to be moved in a certain way. And patients don't like that. So it's definitely takes a certain kind of person to be able to work in that field. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is you're going to see a lot of times you see a massive age range. Um, my mom actually was not on the burn unit floor because, uh, the percentage of her burn was not as bad as some of the other ones that were currently there. So they ran out of beds pretty much for her on the burn unit floor, um, which ultimately I think caused some issues with, she had multiple infections in her donor site and it was because the normal care that they have on a burn floor, she was not able to get because she wasn't as easily located. Like, they had to come out of their way to go check on her, and it wasn't as frequent, and she got an infection. Um, again, those happen so quickly. But the thing is, too, is one of the reasons she was also kind of kicked out of there, um, it, it was very sad and unfortunate, but they had a seven-year-old who came in, and he had 30% burns all over his body. Um, so you, it, it's definitely hard to see because the percentage... Um, can be bad um they can be devastating and there's different types of burns there's chemical burns there's um heat burns there there's a lot of different types of burn and how they do work with those burns can be different too and so you do need to be aware of that too so but let's go ahead and wrap this up so we have three more locations to do um one location is hip and groin i forgot about that (laughs) we're not done yet but I guess that last segments we were kind of including there. Uh, hip and groin. So you are going to want to, is it hip, is it anterior hip or posterior hip, I guess? Uh, more anterior. Okay, that's what I was going to go with, but so I was like, it's groin, so I might think it's like a little bit. Anterior on, you know. on the inside and then in the front. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Um, you're going to try to avoid AD and hip flexion and internal rotation. Not listed there, but I don't disagree. Yeah. I was about to say, I could see how, I could see how that one's not really listed. You totally go into, but I would be aware of it. It'd be one that's not maybe a priority, but be aware of it. And then you want to be, of course, in a deduction flexion. And again, I say, external rotation but again within reasonable range you're not trying to stretch them to the max end on those so the, you do want the skin and everything to do those motions that you know we're saying avoid going into right now so they do want to get there but you just don't want to keep them there so that they cause contractures so 
The next one's going to be the knee. We're going to do the posterior aspect of the knee. Okay, you're going to want to avoid uh, knee flexion. And, and go and take Put them in extension. Perfect. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I figured that one kind of, you know, was a. <laughs> All right, last one uh, the ankle. What aspect is it on? I'm going to go anterior ankle. Um, actually, I would say either lateral or posterior, actually. So if it's lateral, we'll just go lateral posterior. If it's lateral posterior, you're going to want to avoid extension, well, dorsiflexion, or, well, gosh, dorsiflexion, plantar flexion, and um, inversion. And, no, sorry, eversion. And then you want to go into inversion and dorsiflexion. It just has AFO to neutral. But I would also make sure you don't lose that dorsiflexion. Yeah. Well, Laura, I think you did a great job with your positioning i'm giving myself a passing grade well c minus the last one i have just because you mentioned it um with your mother and the 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 seven-year-old child Mm -hmm. um do you want to explain the percentage real quick um i can kind of go over the percentage i will say i kind of don't remember the exact (laughs) numbers i'll give you a hint I'll give you a hint. It is the rule of nines. Yes. Does that bring up any, to jog anything? Yes. It's like, um, oh gosh, if I think your head is 9%, your right arm is 9%, your torso, the front of it, gosh, is it 18%? Or 27, I don't know, 18%. And then your back is the same thing, 18%. And then your legs, I think, ooh. Yeah, I'm going to go with 18. 18, and that's like. So that gets you to 99%. Kind of, yeah. Something like that, right? Well, you're missing 1%. Oh, um, 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 the the backside portion. The backside portion. Well, kind of the the curve portion isn't the what? Oh my gosh! What am I? Why are you looking at me like I'm crazy? You know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to say where the backside is. Well, it's kind of like back, middle, I guess. Do you have a name for this location? I'm blanking on the name clearly. Starts with the so, B. <laughs> you had everything per, right. Per, per so nil. the front of the head is four and a half. The back is four and a half. Yeah. So nine total for the head. The arms four and a half for the front. Four and a half right, for the back. the back. So that gives you nine for the total arm, which is what you said. Mm-hmm. The torso, eighteen percent along the front, which includes a chest and stomach, and then your upper and lower back, eighteen percent there. And then your legs make up 9% on the front, 9% on the back, which is 18, which is what you said, 18 per leg. Mm -hmm. And then the last area, because that gets you to 99%, is the groin for 1%. It's not the groin, technically. It is the groin. No, I thought Agree to disagree. I thought it was the the skin between... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you're giggling so much. 
It's the groin, Laura. Your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> your pee hole. I thought that was the 1%. No. Sorry. Is it really like, like just the groin? Like yeah, actual in, inner part of the legs? Yeah, it's just your groin area. I don't know why you're making this to, to be a... Oh, it's really uh, late and that could probably peel. be <laughs> On that All note, right. guys, so don't we'll wrap this episode up. <laughs> Go ahead, Liz. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, YouTube, um, all those good places. Please reach out to us if you'd like to join us on the podcast. Um, we got a couple more uh, great episodes coming up here for you guys. And then I will be on vacation. So you guys will get to have uh, Ken with some co-hosts most likely. Um, but yeah, until then, guys, we will catch you on Tuesday if you're, you know... If we're still here. I was about to say, if you're listening to this on Friday, but I was like, even if you're listening to this on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you could still catch us on Tuesday. <laughs> but hopefully, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, to, and we hope that you're having a great day, and we'll, guys, we'll catch you guys next time. You got there, Laura. You got there eventually. <laughs> Later. Bye.